Welcome back to the CFL podcast. We are now in week 15 of the NFL season, and that means we've entered the divisional round of our playoffs. How you doing, Brandon? Doing great. I finished up my last final, and I'm back home. I've left Binghamton. I wish I could say the same. I, my last one is on Sunday at 8 a.m., so I will finish the final, and then I will spend the day packing and watching Red Zone. And sulking about the final and then sulking about your playoff. Most definitely. Yeah. So let's get right to it. We had a couple big current events of this week. Uh, A lot of injuries past week. Yeah, and a lot to notable receivers. And so we'll just start this off with one of your boys, Mike Evans. He hurt his hammy and, you know, there was talk that he might miss the rest of the season. However... The Buccaneers have yet to put him on injured reserve. So what do you make of this? I'm I'm sad and surprised at the same time. I love Mike Evans. He's my boy now. There's only three games left in a lost season, so I find this very odd that he's not placed on IR. There's no reason to risk him. So I find it odd even if he tries to return for Week 17. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, they'll do some more probably testing on that you know, leg and see really the extent of it. I'm sure he he himself wants to get back out there, but there's really no sense in, you know, risking yourself to more injury in that case. So we'll see what happens, but I mean, at least in the short term, the Tigers will not have Mike Evans available for their divisional matchup. How does this affect Winston and Godwin? Well, that's interesting because, you know, it seemed almost like Godwin and Evans kind of thrived off each other and you know they're the they're the two and three ranked receivers in terms of yardage this year already pretty remarkable to have two in the top three on the same team Uh, and Winston's just been also you know racking up lots of yards in his games that he's played so really the question I think then becomes for Winston, is there another wide receiver too? I think is it Perriman? Perriman would be the de facto wide receiver. Yeah, someone like him that can kind of come in and keep the defense, you know, a little on their toes if they have a number one corner uh, that can cover Godwin for the rest of the stretch. So, for example, they play the Lions this week, and we're going to discuss this matchup when we get into our divisional matchups coming up because, the, as we all know, the Blizzard owns both Godwin and Winston. And does someone like Darius Slay now have you know complete real estate in terms of covering Godwin and does that really hamper Winston in a lot of ways yeah certainly um, could be with Patricia following Bill Belichick uh, his his methods of just locking down their best guy right and so I think it'll be very interesting I could definitely see you know Godwin having a very difficult time this week I agree but I don't I don't know if this really affects Winston all that much you know maybe a a slight downtick in terms of production but you already he's already already turnover prone yeah exactly you already get the turnovers with him it's not really like he can turn the ball over much more than he already is so I think it's pretty much same old same old for Winston here on out but maybe Godwin you see have a more difficult time okay and so the next piece of news is for Alshon Jeffrey who also is out for the season with a foot injury. Right, and so this, uh, you know, would hurt 
the Bears, um, but you know now they are eliminated from the playoffs. But it also hurts the Eagles in you know very significant ways. They are kind of rolling out there with some Walmart cashiers now. They've I don't I, I can't even name the Eagles receivers at this point in the season. We've got Arcega JJ Arcega Whiteside, um, and then Ward. But Ward was he was he the one that played last week? Yeah, they were down to two wide receivers at one point, and even three tight ends when uh, they were down to just one wide receiver. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it makes things much more difficult for Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, we've got Greg Ward, and then now we have Robert Davis, who was signed off of the practice squad. Um, you know, with Aguilar um, being you know banged up. And Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson both now on injured reserve. So yeah, I think this does make Carson Wentz's life obviously a lot more difficult, and I think he'll just lean that much more heavily on Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. This will be an offense that runs through the tight ends, as it kind of did. Yeah, it's always um, been. It kind of did that in the year that Wentz almost won MVP before his injury. It ran right through the tight ends at that time, being. Ertz and Trey Burton. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I don't know if this really, again, I don't know if this affects Wentz too much. I think we already see what we're going to get from Carson Wentz this season. Um, and I don't think there's going to be much deviation from that. But, yeah, I don't think you really trust this Eagles offense as much going forward. No, and, and for CFL, there's no one really still in the playoffs with these Eagles. Um the kids, I guess, this might affect uh, Miles Sanders. I don't, I don't see it that way, but I don't either. I think your the running backs will continue their same roles with Sanders, and now I guess with the emergence of, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name too. Um, yeah. Oh, Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Yeah. So now with the emergence of Boston Scott, um, you know, I think that does kind of hurt Miles Sanders going forward and it could be a very you know committee like approach yeah and he is probably expected to be the the early down back and sanders will get the third down well let's keep moving on another injury to cfl bears team member marvin jones going on injured reserve with an ankle injury and i guess relevant to the cfl how do we think this affects the production of kenny galladay and the whole lions offense well we saw what kenny galladay did with Marvin Jones and David Blau. So I don't see much of a difference here for Kenny G. I mean, he's he's proving himself to be a very uh, competent and elite wide receiver for a very young player. So I don't think from uh, for the Lions it's, it's really anything to worry about. Yeah, I think this is a similar situation to the Evans-Godwin situation. I don't think you see... Uh, too much of a dip in production for for Galladay. Um, he's worked with other receivers around him in the past. Amendola is competent enough. Yeah, and and you know I think again this Lions offense with a backup quarterback, we kind of know what we're gonna get with it for the rest of the season. So I don't really see much changing. I think it really could just depend on the cornerback matchups that Galladay has to face going forward. Yeah, and for this week, Tampa Bay. And another piece of news, Le'Veon Bell, who did not play last week due to illness and flu-like symptoms, he's back from his bowling trip, 
and he played last night. He played last night. Uh, didn't do as well as he did when he played bowling, though. Yeah, he, he said he bowled a two over a two fifty. I couldn't even do that. Is that fake good... news? What? Is that fake news? No, he, he bowled a two fifty something. Do we have witnesses? <laughs> That's what he claims. It's all speculation. But I couldn't even bowl a two hundred healthy. No, forget that. No. <laughs> yeah, he was all de- defending himself because. I guess people were giving him a hard time, and he said the doctors told me to do something physical, do something active. So I guess that works. Uh, but anyway, the kids started Le'Veon Bell last night, and not really what he wanted, uh, just over eight points. I don't know if Andrew should have really expected more, to be honest. This was the Ravens they were playing, and Bell's kind of been having a very unproductive year. Frankly, as, you know... Going into the season, I don't know what really what we were supposed to expect from Le'Veon Bell on this very pedestrian Jets offense. He's clearly a talented player, but the O-line is very bad, and there's not many receivers that are really, you know, a threat that he can really open up the run game. Um, very similar situation to Saquon in many ways, but yeah, I don't, in this matchup in particular... I'm not too surprised, and I'm also not really surprised about the season he's having in general. Yeah, we expected that. Some people ranked Le'Veon as a top-five pick, and others ranked him second round or even later, so not a very good year for him. Uh, Hopefully it gets better for him, and who knows, maybe he'll be on a different team. Yeah, I mean, he went fourth overall to the Bears in our league, Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets looked to trade him, but they're clearly not going to get as much in terms of draft capital trading him uh, than they did to than they used to get him in the first place Um, they're definitely going to take a loss on this and I don't think it was a good uh, you know good situation all around for the team or for him nope he's got a he's got a growing pains deal with the growing pains I guess and so those are the major uh, current events this week let's get to our waivers some pretty uh, important ones for our divisional playoff teams. First, we had Seth taking Derek Carr the, as a backup quarterback for his team. Yeah, and this is this is fine. He um, He's basically lost Stafford for the rest of the year, so he needs a, a backup quarterback. You know, this is fine, especially with this week they play the Jaguars, and you could easily pass on them. Right, and I don't think he's necessarily going to play him this week. Um, he could. He could. Winston is also questionable with a, a thumb and a knee. Yeah, he did, he did come he, out for uh, a few of those plays last week um, and came back. I mean, it's possible he could play Carr and, and sit Winston knowing the situation. Yeah, it's a very interesting situation that's developing. Winston's been very solid. As of late, he's now the number sixth-ranked quarterback. And, you know, he put up 35 points last week in a very good showing. So it'll be very curious to see what Seth ends up going with here. Uh, The next waiver we had was you, the Tigers, picking up Raheem Mostert, who's kind of emerging in the Niners' backfield. Yeah, Raheem Mostert was one of my guys early on in the season, and he... He did well for, for that time being, but then Tevin Coleman came back and he kind of retook his his role. 
pushing him back down to special teams and RB3 status. But now Shanahan has basically said, we have no choice. He is he is the guy right now. Yeah, he had a good game week two against the Bengals. But ever since, you know, from then until about week 11, he was pretty, you know, mediocre, only getting about six or so touches a game. Uh, but the last two weeks, he's gone 19 carries and then 10 carries and getting over 20 points each. So, uh, you know, a lot of recency production there. Um, and, you know, with Shanahan's kind of approval or stamp of approval, acknowledgement, yeah, whatever you want to call it, um, it adds some clout to his viability as a starter. No risk it, no biscuit. Yeah, with the Evans injury, you definitely, um, you know, have to take some more risks, especially at the flex spot. The next waiver we had was another playoff team, no lady stuff, picking up another tight end, OJ Howard. Yeah, so this must, this has to go with the fact that his tight end, his t- his starting tight end has been pitiful all year. The whole year. If Perryman is not performing as he should as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I like the pickup. Um, I don't think I like Hollister, his other option this week against Carolina. I'm curious, you know, at the end of the season, we're going to have to add up or average the points that Seth's tight ends have scored the whole year. And we'll see, like, what rank that would have been as a tight end. Like, is it tight end 15? Is it tight end 10? <laughs> be pretty funny to see. Yeah. Our last waiver that we had, kind of a irrelevant right waiver, not guilty, picking up Adrian Peterson. Let's just uh, move right along here. I'll just say real quickly that with Darius Geis' second knee injury of the year, Adrian Peterson would have been a pretty good running back to add, especially for these playoff teams. Seth and myself could definitely have used Adrian Peterson. So, Yep. So let's move right, right along to the games of the week here. I'll, I'll go first. I picked Houston and Tennessee. This is a divisional matchup. The winner of this game takes the lead in the AFC South with three weeks to go. And, you know, it's pretty crazy. This is the first time that these teams are playing this year. They play again in Week 17. So... You know, two games in the next three weeks going to be very exciting to see how it shakes out. Yep, and we've got two teams, you know, both 8-5. and five. They're both playing very solid right now. The Titans at the helm under Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. And, you know, Houston continues to play excellent football behind Deshaun Watson. So I think it'll be a very exciting football game to watch. And then likewise... Except for the fact that the Texans got blown out last week. Yeah, they're they're by Denver. Yeah, they're a little bit odd. Um, and you know, I think there will be a high sense of urgency for both of these teams. You know, t- the Titans are finally trying to win the division. After I don't even know when the last time the Titans won that division. I think it's been probably with Jeff Fisher. Yeah, it's been very long. <laughs> um, and Houston, you know, trying to maintain their spot at the top because um, there's a slight chance that. You know, whoever doesn't win the division might be eliminated. Make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, it's very close right now with you know Pittsburgh and, and the Bills, the Bills, and a couple of the Raiders, a couple other teams, and likewise in the CFL, we have a lot, couple of these players who are involved in key matchups. So, the Tigers, you're starting 
Will Fuller and A.J. Brown on opposite sides of the football, of the field. And in the other matchup between um, the Blizzard and the Kids, we have a classic of Derrick Henry playing Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Derrick Henry is... He's a, he's been a monster in these fantasy playoffs. Forty burgers coming this week, perhaps. Oh gosh, it's gonna happen one of these weeks. I, I don't want to see it. But moving on to my matchup, uh, I figured there were only two of them and two worthy games of the week, and Houston Tennessee was one of them, and the other one is gonna have to be Los Angeles Rams versus Dallas Cowboys, because we got Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper on NLS, and they're going to need to ball out against Aaron Donald and and company. So very important matchup for Bryce and I. And on the other side, we got Prescott on the blizzard. And, you know, if if the Rams pull ahead early, they're going to have to abandon the run. And so that could be very good for Prescott. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good matchup in terms of, you know, NFL. It's a good, uh, you know, two teams are trying to, make the playoffs, you know, the Cowboys barely holding on to their division, and the Rams, who are really just clawing to try to get a wild card, that sixth spot. That's pretty sad to see the Cowboys are in the, are just fighting for the, their division, and yeah, Rams can't even get in. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is kind of a, this could be a, you know, a very crucial game for both of these teams. Yeah, the loser could be out, basically. Yeah, um, and I think... I think the Rams have a little bit more at stake because the Cowboys do end have to play the Eagles again. Um, but you're right. The the game flow of this match will definitely um, affect the outputs of Zeke and Gurley and the receivers. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the power rankings. No point in worrying about discussing 10 through 7, but we did have two casualties to last week. You know, the wild cards proved to be two CFL classics. Um, they were very close. They came down to the final game, and they went back and forth. We thought one team was going to be winning for a while, and then the, um, the other teams came back and made it very interesting. But you're right. Unfortunately, we did lose um, You know who we're going to put at the six and the five seeds for the rest of the season. So at six, we have the Bears. It was a great run. They were one and six, and they made it into the playoffs at seven and six. But NLS, a perennial playoff team, proved to be too much. Yeah, and basically losing at the hands of Alshon Jeffrey and Eli Manning finishing the <laughs> final blow. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Yeah, who would have thought that Eli Manning would be the savior of this NLS <laughs> roster. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to remember how many points he even put up. He had 16 points. So, I mean, that's... Two touchdowns to uh, Slayton. Right. That's solid production from a guy you just picked up. And hasn't played for over 10 weeks. It was a game that, you know, he won by about f- five points total. So it was very close. And what, what was the Bears undoing? What was it? Yeah. It's tough to say because actually Joe Mixon had a great match. It really was just Alshon and Montgomery, to be perfectly honest. Uh, giving up Melvin Gordon for Montgomery was kind of a a tough, you know, trade to make. 
Um, but honestly, I think really it's been the kind of decline of Tyler Lockett that was really this team's undoing. If he had been able to have Lockett, Darius Slayton, and you know Allen Robinson or Marvin Jones, take your pick, that would have been a pretty formidable, you know, three receivers. But you know this comes down to Slayton being on the bench, who I probably would have played over Marvin Jones. If Especially I had. knowing Eli was on the opposite side. Well, not even now. I don't even care who the quarterback of the Giants is, really. Um, I think Daniel Jones probably would have had a similar stat line um, and would have been looking for Slayton, Slayton just as much. But I think at this point in the season, with the Lions having a backup quarterback, I, I don't trust starting Marvin Jones. Um, I think Slayton should have been the play. I, you know, he had Robbie Anderson on the bench, too. That would have won him the league. I, I don't see that either. And, you know, I don't see Cole Beasley. But I think, really, he should have had Slayton in over Marvin Jones. Um, you know, I don't fault him for keeping Drew Locke on the bench over Kyle Allen either. But I really think Slayton was the play. Yeah, and, you know, the Bears run with the Bears. But Trubisky and Allen Robinson did very well last week. But because of that, Montgomery suffered. And what was it, six points? I that's not something you want to see for some a guy you gave up Melvin Gordon for. Yeah, but again, we discussed this on the last episode, but you know, th- 60 points from your your Bears, I don't think you can really complain too much about the overall sum of their points. It, I, I think this comes down to you know, a simple picking the wrong receivers, and I, it's easy to do, but you know, given Slayton's recent production, I, I just don't know how you I don't know how you justify keeping him on the bench. I mean, he yes, he did have two pretty bad weeks before that. You know, Green Bay was in the snow, so I, I think you can kind of discount that game. And Chicago, I can't really remember too much, but he had about seven points there. Um, so really, yeah, he's had kind of an up-and-down season, but with... I just think with Matt Stafford out, there's no reason to start Marvin Jones over Slayton. Sure. And unfortunately, we had another another very good team eliminated. Just a better, I guess, matchup, I guess. Because it was, it was a high-scoring game. And the Sharks fall to the fifth rank with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, who could have led them to a championship. Yeah, going into or you know playing the blizzard, even hosting the blizzard is a tough a tough draw, um, and they lose to Seth by about fourteen points, and really this does come back to the Ravens, you know they've been carrying John all season, but they only combined for about twenty twenty eight points this week, which is is okay. It could be worse. Um, but certainly not the production that John, you know, wants in a in a very crucial playoff game. Um, he didn't get anything from Odell Beckham. That might have been, you know, one of the, the the ways he lost this season was not picking the right receivers. He was never able to find three receivers that could start at the same time that were consistent. He you know he picked up Diggs. He had Gallup. 
um, at various points, but he can never put the pieces together at receiver. Um, he did have the Steelers' defense, an excellent, an excellent play week in, week out, and Ryan Tannehill did give him some juice coming down the stretch, and he actually played very well in this game, but, you know, when you look across the aisle, it was really just Winston, Henry, Michael Thomas, you know, the perennial Seth players, the Seth's boys, just really clutched up for him in the in this crucial moment, Dak even, you could say, and just really put the nail in the coffin of this shark season. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, the wide receivers just didn't show up. And I guess you could say similarly with uh, some of his running backs with Leonard Fournette kind of being inconsistent, having big big days and then very very poor performances so i think i think it just comes down to uh some of the players having some inconsistencies yep and so you know we say a fond farewell to the sharks and the bears 2019 seasons but let's move on to the contenders who are still in it the top four uh at four we've put uh no lady stuff yeah, we actually had them move up from five to four um, based off their victory over the Bears. But again, you know, we say every week the big three running backs just keep carrying them. And Bryce was able to pick two quarterbacks last week, especially with Eli, as we just mentioned, that were able to give him just enough. And so that'll be the question again this week with him benching Phillip Rivers and starting Gardner Minshew again, going back to one of his most intriguing waiver pickups of the year and putting him back in the lineup and starting him against the Raiders. Yep, it is unfortunate. I have been a Minshew maniac for quite some time now, and now I have to face him, and I'm not too thrilled about that. Yep, so uh, at number three, we've put the Blizzard, as we just mentioned, very strong outing against the Sharks, which I think it gives him a little bit of an edge or a nod over the no lady stuff. Um, but, you know, perennial playoff contender, two-time, you know, back-to-back reigning champ, um, and looks very good going up against the kids this week. Yeah, Blizzard, five straight wins in, in his playoff career in the CFL. So we'll see if he can get a sixth one. He knows how to play in the playoffs. I don't. There's not much else to say. He's just consistent he knows what he's doing he's he's an experienced vet yeah and it will be the only thing i'll say as we mentioned earlier it will be interesting to see how the absence of evans will affect his two bucks godwin and winston who are very integral to his playoff success this year okay so now at number two we have myself the tigers yeah we're keeping the top two seeds where they were uh, you were the number two seed for you know quite some time the, at least yeah at least the the back half of this of the season and now you face NLS in the playoffs you have uh, two quarterbacks in the top ten you have the number one kicker you have a top three defense you have a top five tight end uh, and two running backs who have you know been dealing with injuries i would say but hopefully are going to be primed for a playoff run i guess really the concern here on this roster comes down to the receivers yeah and that makes sense i mean you lose mike evans a top three wide receiver and now i'm starting a bunch of young kids who are still uh 
getting their footing. So, you know, I'm going to have to win with the likes of Will Fuller, DK Metcalf, and A.J. Brown. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be, uh, you know, it's a team that certainly has its weaknesses, but, you know, is ready to pop off at any moment, any moment given the right circumstance, which leads us to the top seed, which is still the kids. Yeah, and the kids deserve to be here, right? I mean, they have the, I guess you could say arguably, but it might not even be an argument anymore, the top quarterback duo, Watson and Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Russell's struggled a little bit recently, but still a top five quarterback. He's, you know, had a couple outings below 20 points as of late. He's not, you know, reached the peak that he was at for maybe the first, I don't know, six games of the season. Um, but he has some good matchups coming up. So, yeah, I, I like his quarterbacks and, and their matchups. He has some great receivers in Galladay, DJ Moore, uh, even Landry as a wide receiver three. Um, you know, he does have Shark, who got injured, and Hollywood Brown as well. Um, you know, the issue here, and similar to, you know, maybe your team or some of these other teams are the, are the running backs. We have Kamara, who's, you know, only averaging about 11 points a game this season, and Le'Veon Bell, who's averaging about 10, and only put up nine last night. So not a great start for the kids this week, for sure. Yep, Kamara, third overall pick, and just really hasn't scored any touchdowns. He uh, had one rushing and one receiving back in week three. And he's de- dealt with some injuries, but two, just two touchdowns. So he's had a very long drought. And uh, as a kid's owner, Andrew needs to hope that Kamara gets a touchdown this Monday. Yep, it'll be two close matchups for sure. And yeah, so that's our, that's our power rankings as it stands, uh, specifically with the top four teams that are left and also solidifying our, our five and six seeds for the rest of the way with the Sharks and the Bears. So without further ado, let's get to these two divisional matchups. Um, you did win, uh, pick correctly, both of the, the two matchups from last week's, and they were two points apiece. Ooh, four so points. Are, yeah, so you're now five points ahead of me. That's big. Uh, this week we're going to do the same thing, but the points are going to be three apiece. Wow. So... so yeah, it's still anyone's game. Yep, and uh, my 43 to your 38, so five-point difference. You can, um, if you make up three points on me, you're in good shape. If you get six, uh, I'm in trouble. But the championship will be worth four points, so that, that will decide it almost likely. Right, unless I just completely whiff, whiff on both of these. Mm-hmm. So, yep, it's still exciting, very close. Um, let's get to this first one. We're going to start with your matchup. We have the SUNY Nodi Low Lady Stuff versus the Binghamton Tigers. Yeah, and I'm nervous for this one. I, I mean, I've had my bye, and now it's time to play, but history is not on the Tigers' side. Yeah, I mean, histor- historically the two seed's been pretty good, but uh, yeah, Bryce's team is coming in with you know, a certain amount of steam. He he picked right on his quarterbacks last week with Eli, and he's rolling with Eli again. 
against the Dolphins this week, and he's also, as I mentioned earlier in the in the show, gone back to Gardner Minshew at the helm, playing the uh, you know suspect Oakland Raiders this week. Yeah, Minshew's got another chance to redeem himself, um, and Oakland is a great defense for for the offensive uh, opponent. So yeah, he's got uh, good matchups, but. Uh, back to the game of the week, Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. Rams are going to be tough, so I don't really particular particularly like that matchup against the Rams. Yeah, it's going to be a, a I would predict a low scoring game. Um, you know, fought in the trenches. I think it'll be probably a good outing for both Gurley and Zeke. But yeah, speaking of opposing defenses, how about Devontae Parker here? He's been on the concussion protocol, and we find out today that Janoris Jenkins has been released by the Giants. And my suspicion would be that he would have been the corner covering Devontae Parker, perhaps. And so, you know, suddenly if Parker plays, this becomes a much, you know, a much more intriguing asset for Bryce at, you know, as his wide receiver three. Yep, makes a lot of sense. He will be questionable, no doubt, for this game. It's tough to say because... The Giants played really well against the Eagles last week, and I mean they imploded. But who knows? Maybe for some random reason the defense shows up and Miami struggles. Yeah, but you know as we've said before, Bryce's team is all about the big three, and really you know across the board they've got some tough matchups. It's McCaffrey against Seattle, Zeke against the Rams, and Eckler against the Vikings. So all. Yeah. Stout defenses. Yeah, so this could be this is gonna be where they really, you know, show what they're made of in this crucial divisional performance for Bryce. And, you know, going on on your side here, you know, we just we talked about both your teams in the power rankings, but you have some intriguing running backs as well with playing Raheem Mostert this week. Yeah, they play Atlanta and Atlanta's defense has been really bad and porous. A few games they have showed up and uh, really put the pressure on, but y- you can still throw on them. You can still pass on them, and Mostert has been kind of like the utility knife for running backs. Yeah, and who would your alternative really have been here, like Christian Kirk or Brandon Cooks, I guess? Yeah, uh, Cooks against Dallas, Kirk against Cleveland. I don't particularly like that. Right. So you're rolling with Fuller against the Titans um, as kind of you know the Texans' deep threat. I expect that to be a, a, a pretty good game. Probably some scoring going to be involved. Uh, DK against the you know Panthers, they're probably going to get up pretty early. Um, but I always feel like with the Seattle receivers, it's always a uh, you know you never know which receiver is going to catch the ball be, from Russell for the long game. Yeah, it could be J. Ron Brown or or Metcalf or or Lockett, Lockett or someone else. Yeah, and then AJ Brown here is the real intriguing play on the flip side of uh, that Titans. Uh, Texans matchup being uh, Ryan Tannehill's number one go-to guy right now. Yeah, A.J. Brown, two touchdowns last week and um, over 150 yards on, uh, I think, five catches. So a lot of deep a lot of deep uh, passes and good plays on Brown's part. And how do you feel about your quarterback matchups? Yeah, uh, I think Kyler Murray against Cleveland is a must-start. But Rodgers has me a little bit hey, worried against the Bears. And, you know, Marlon, not Marlon Mack, um, Khalil Mack is, uh, is a force. The other Mack. The other Mack. 
he is a force to be reckoned with. And the Green Bay Packers did not do very well the first time they played Chicago. Rodgers only got 12.9 points and a single touchdown. Would you consider playing Hey Jimmy over Aaron Rodgers? That's a tough one. 49ers against Atlanta. I, I've debated it. I have. But I just don't want to start Mostert and Garoppolo. Mm, interesting. It's just too risky. And the 49ers defense. Well, you're going to have to do some soul searching on that one. You've gone back and forth with your quarterbacks all year. Man, I wish I had Crowder's 21 points right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't really blame you for that one, though. He was playing the Ravens defense, and I, I don't know. He's been have a couple duds the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you're picking your team in this matchup? I'm going to pick the Tigers, yep. Mm. I think I'm going to go with no lady stuff. Wow. I'm going to be on Team Bryce this week. Why, why are you betting against me? I think Bryce has some pretty nice quarterback matchups. I don't think you can dial him up any, any better than what he's got right now. Um, I think Devontae Parker could be the, the wild card in this matchup. Uh, and yeah, I I think I think his running backs are are gonna get the job done. Um, you know the Rams, Cowboys. I think that's I think his Cowboys will be okay, and McCaffrey I think is gonna be McCaffrey, the McCaffrey that Bryce knows and loves, CMC. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with NLS. All right, now now should should Parker not play, he's looking at Mike Williams or Tyler Boyd, and the Bengals play the Patriots, and the Chargers play the Vikings. So that could leave them at a at a tough spot at wide receiver. Yeah, I don't like either of those options. I would suspect that maybe someone on free agency would be even a better play than these two. Um, but maybe not. I don't know. That does make things a lot more interesting, for sure. Definitely will be a close one, I think. Yeah, I might have to make my vote for NLS contingent on this lineup being played. You sure about that? Mm. Why don't you just pick the Tigers right now? Well, <laughs> no, I have to make this interesting, you know? All right. Yeah, I guess you got to catch up on the Yeah, points. I, I got to catch up. Yep. So let's, uh, let's move on to the other matchup. We have Oswego Blizzard playing the Buffalo Trunky Coastal Kids. Another close one, and the kids making about to make their first playoff game appearance. So this is this is big for him. And of course, you know, in CFL fashion, it has to be. It's going to be up against the two-time reigning champ yep. in set five and zero now in the playoffs. Hasn't lost. If, if Andrew really wants to make a statement in this league, this is the week to do it. This is crunch time, and you're going to have to play with the big boys now <laughs> in order to. In order to compete for a title. Yeah, no more uh, picking on the little ones uh, like Colin and, I guess, you. <laughs> hey, 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 let's not go there. <laughs> let's be careful there. Okay. But, uh, no, I, I like this matchup. It's got a lot of marquee players and some interesting, you know, football matchups that, to keep track of. We mentioned the Dallas Rams one. Seth has Prescott Gurley. But, yeah, no, just a lot of good intriguing player matchups across the board for both teams. I like Godwin against the Lions. We talked about him earlier. Michael Thomas, even against the Colts on Monday night, 
we got Kamara and Michael Thomas as the two closers here. So that'll be a very exciting finish for this matchup. Yeah, my benefit is that I have Monday Night Football players and Bryce doesn't. Here, neither has an advantage. I mean, if you're if if this game is close, it could go either way on a single Drew Brees touchdown on who it goes to. Yeah, it could be it could be pretty wild toward the end because um, I do expect the Colts to be somewhat competitive. Uh, but yeah, no, I I like I like both of these lineups that the, that the two have going. It seems like their rosters are at relatively full strength, maybe minus like T.Y. Hilton and DJ Shark. Oh boy, could you imagine T.Y. would have made this even more interesting too if Seth had had him on Monday. Absolutely. I mean, so that's a shame. Kids would prefer to be 30 plus ahead. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to get down on T.Y. and Michael Thomas. That's scary. Yeah, those guys are touchdown machines. But uh, what do you think of of, uh, the quarterback matchups for both teams? Well, we talked about Winston and slightly Prescott. They're not my favorite. I I lean toward the kids' quarterback matchups against the Titans and Panthers. Like, Panthers are just uh, letting the opponents score. And Titans, their defense has been good, but I suspect – Houston they're it's gonna be a shootout yeah I don't know I feel like I feel like that Houston Titans game Tennessee game is gonna be interesting because I could see it being a shootout but I could also see it being one of these like classic divisional games that's also like very low scoring and both teams just having a lot of you know not not uh you know very lengthy drives just punting Back and forth, you know, two very... Yeah, playing it safe against basically two, a division yeah, game. Yeah, two defenses that know each other very well, yeah. And also, the fact that the Texans and the Titans haven't even played each other yet this season is very interesting for this scenario. That's true. And they play each other again in Week 17. That's true. This could be a scouting match, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see if they do anything in Week 17. But, yeah, I mean, all they have is the film, and they haven't played each other. Do you think... Andrew's making, or I guess really both these guys, do you think Sony Michelle and Kareem Hunt are the right flex plays for these teams? For Sony Michelle, it's a tough one because it's against the Bengals, but Michelle has been so bad. The Patriots, I guess they've been down a lot, so they really haven't run the ball. The Blizzard has a better bench that they can look to. They can look to Carlos Hyde. That's not a bad idea. Austin Hooper, potentially. And I guess D.D. Westbrook to an extent. Yeah, I you know that, those are good suggestions. I really feel like this could be one of those weeks, one of those classic like Patriots running back weeks where just like out of nowhere the guy just like you know racks up 125 yards and a touchdown, and I feel like this could be the this could be the week for Sony Michelle to just come out of nowhere. You know the Patriots are trying to make a statement that you know they're still contenders after losing to the Ravens, the Texans, and the Chiefs, and so. I think it's going to be a lot of running the ball because these Patriots receivers really are just not helping, you know, Brady out enough. So could be a mix of Michelle and White. That'll be interesting to see. But I think Michelle could really be this kind of ace in the hole for, for Seth this week. I can agree with that given Michelle's usage from last year. It might just be matchup dependent, and that's what makes Michelle the play because it is the Bengals. Patriots are probably going to be up big and early, so they'll run the ball more. Yeah, it's it's impossible to tell though, and I I just can't I don't blame Seth for for starting him, but I also wouldn't be surprised if 
some of these other players he has, like Hyde, you know, end up scoring more. But it's it's really hard to predict that. Yeah. And as far as Kareem Hunt goes, he's played well. He's scored uh, in consecutive games. Unfortunately, Marquise Brown is has already played and has stayed on the bench, so that's not an option for Flex anymore. And with Chark's injury, um, he's Andrew's really in a hole on this one. So Damian Williams, no. Miles Sanders, potentially. No on Damian Williams. Um, do you think... I mean, Kareem Hunt has scored in the last three games that he's played, so he's he's trending well, uh, much to the chagrin of all the Nick Chubb owners out there. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, a safe play, especially considering the emergence of Boston Scott and Philly, as we mentioned earlier. So who do you think is winning this matchup? Uh, you know, I got to go with experience on this one, and I think the Blizzard are going to pull oh. it off. Roll Blizzard. Roll Blizzard. I, I think I'm also going to be rolling blizzard on this one. <laughs> We're very sorry, Andrew. We this is we both think this is nothing this against is you. Be very close. Yeah, it's nothing against you. You're, you're just you're just new to this whole thing, you know. You'll get there someday, but this is Oswego we're talking about. Yeah, and uh, even though th- this is at Buffalo, Oswego is going to bring the bring the cold. So yeah, this is two New York teams. They're both used to the cold, but uh, the kids might just shiver a little. Yep. Kids are going outside without the, without their coats on. Now, this is going to be a really... Both these games are projected to be high scoring, so I figure let's do a similar board bet to last week. Right, so I, I won the board bet from last week for the, the total combined... Or I guess the, the total points for the combined the two combined uh, the matchups. Um, so I will, yeah, let's do this again. So I, I think for this week, I'm going to pick that the blizzard and the kids are going to score more than the other two teams combined. I say the tigers and no lady stuff will outscore blizzard and the kids in week 15. Yep. And I say that the blizzard and the kids are going to outscore no lady stuff and the tigers in week 15. All right. And just to update on that, I have five for that, and you have three for the for the board bet. So you really had to throw that in there, didn't you? <laughs> so you're two down. So basically, you got to win these next two ones. Yeah. Okay. But what's the tiebreaker? I don't know. What are we even winning? A bet for week seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that wraps up episode fifteen, week fifteen. So good luck, everyone. It's crunch time. Just two weeks to go. Two very exciting divisional playoff matchups. Uh, you couldn't have written it up better for this season specifically. These were probably the most, the foremost consistent teams this season, I would say, and we're always near the top of the standings. And so, you know, all the all the credits they deserve to be here. And we have two very exciting. Uh, you know games this week so best of luck to the four teams and monday night is sure to be an exciting couple hours that we'll all be able to share together don't uh yeah just enjoy it it's it's scary (laughs) (laughs) are you scared yeah i'm scared what are you gonna be doing on monday night um rooting for your boys depends if i'm up i'm probably gonna bench them (laughs) 
You're gonna bench him. I would bench them if if I was already winning. Oh, but yeah. Who do you who do you have on? You have Mac and Lutz. And Lutz. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, it's true. NLS is gonna be done by four o'clock. Ooh, good. Good so to you know. You could you could you could be chilling by by Sunday night. Oh, man, that'd be nice. <laughs> good luck, everyone. All right. Have a good weekend.